Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Ram and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, Steph. Steph. Indeed, and we are going to be discussing another week in the topsy-turvy Tottenham world. Another competition exited, a flurry of media activity from our as-it-stands-today manager, and a much-improved 3-1 win over Nottingham Forest at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium yesterday by three goals to one. Uh, I have little doubt that we all have much to express and discuss in the coming hour or more, so in an attempt to make sure we have some sort of order, (laughs) order, we'll start with the Forest game, continue with Milan, and then get into what is, frankly, the main item on everyone's minds and agendas. Do I need to say his name? You might as well. Antonio Conte. We should be clear. Um, But yes, we will start briskly with yesterday's win over Nottingham Forest, which in the light of Liverpool's defeat to Bournemouth earlier in the day, meant we managed to establish... Which in the light of Liverpool's defeat to Bournemouth earlier in the day, meant we managed to establish a foothold on fourth. Uh... And actually, a bit of a flip for the books in the Game is About Glory uh, studio, because Ram, uh, who is a season ticket holder, you should all know, was not present. However, Milo was. So, Milo, I think I'm going to go to you before we get into Team Station or anything, and just give us a general overview of your day at the day at the lane yesterday, how it felt. Give us a give us the feeling. Um, I mean, in terms of kind of pre-match, so um, I, was, I watched the Liverpool Bournemouth game in the bar before the game. I think- Pretty much everyone was. Saw most of the game was in the ground quite early, and you know, obviously there was you know a lot of positivity, and it took the pressure off. I think before the game, um, you kind of in the build up or since the Milan game, I think the kind of atmosphere amongst the fans or you know towards the manager has been pretty toxic, and I I was a bit worried that it might be a game where that spilt over. Um, but I think that yeah, I think the Liverpool result helped lift that pressure a little bit, and then obviously. Um, you know, a bright start by by us helped that as well. So uh, be- before we get to all of that, though, I'm interested in some of the nuts and bolts stuff here. I want to get into like, you know, did you have a pie? What particular beverage did you did you and your did you and your um and your, I believe you went with your uh, my stepdad. Yeah, so let's give us a, let's have a little refreshment overview. I mean, I I didn't stroke any spaniels. I walked straight past them. Um, <laughs> I didn't have any whiskey. Um, I had a sausage roll and a pint couple of pints before kickoff very good excellent excellent and are you a neck oil person or uh or, um... it was neck oil i had and then i had a cup of tea at half time is that oh very good very good good sausage roll well, i've never had a sausage roll that you say about sausage, sausage, sausage rolls are pretty good yeah excellent yeah. so, th- and then so I, f- I stayed around for another beer after the game excellent fantastic back so yeah ah, brilliant so a nice uh enjoyment brand before we uh before we get into uh team selections and so on and so forth uh would are you uh are you a pie eater at the uh, new stadium would you have any views on the uh on the concessionary delights of the uh, new tottenham hotspur stadium that you could share yeah I, i'm i have always been pleasantly surprised at the new stadium with the plant-based options so they do have um a plant-based pork pie mm. um which i actually haven't tried and that's next on the agenda oh. when i go there next but um they do yeah yeah they, you know i've had a burger there i've had naan and noodle which together is i, I found that a bit dry the naan and noodle selection mm. but but it was still you know i had a, at the same place i had like a katsu katsu curry type thing before a game once so i have tried mm. them and and they've they've been 
they've been decent, you know, for for um, football stadium fare. No, mm. it's important to determine this and let uh, let the, let people who have not been to the new stadium yet know what these things are. It sounds like the nan uh, the nan need a little bit of moisture. We can uh, yeah. hope the catering is listening. I, I will say that I think that the uh, the pies are fantastic. I mean, really mm. good. The pies are good, and there's there's actually not a bad refreshment option. I was just excited, Milo, to hear that you got there early because I do think it is a place to get to early. I think it's really good. This is sounding like a commercial, isn't it? But it's. <laughs> But it is. It's good. It's. But it is. When. When. This is the point, though, isn't it? When the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is in a good place, it's a. It's a great day out, and yeah. and so we get to I'm, the team selection. Go on. I was going to say. So I'm working my working my way way around the stands. So um, I was in the East Stand this time. It's the first time I've been in the East Stand since in the new stadium. So mm-hmm. I'm working my way around, and um, yeah, part of that is getting in there early and and sussing them all out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, got in there, it, had, a, had a good butcher, had a good walk around and um, yeah, met up with Gareth br- briefly. Excellent. And, um, nice. Yeah, it's good. And that's one of the things as well, which is great about the stadium is that other than obviously the away section, which nobody wants to wander into anyway, you can pretty much, I think it's what, 270 degree um, mm. walk around you can have, which yeah. is which is great. So you can explore and so on and so forth. So my word. Well, yes, we've now established that yes, the stadium and the refreshments do continue to excel and exceed expectations perhaps um did the team selection for this game exceed or excel uh, your expectations milo as you settled into your seat after a couple of pints and a sausage roll um i was pretty happy with the team selection obviously very happy to see davis back at left wing back um i was really pleased to see poro because i thought he was excellent when he came on against milan you know one of the only two players probably who could walk away from that game with their head held high um decky's been looking tired these last few weeks so I was you know pretty happy to see Richarlison in there and you know I think he needs minutes I still feel from a bit about getting shunted around between different positions but yeah and then kind of everything else there's not really much choice is there if Davies is playing um, left wing back then Longley has to be in there and yeah and all the others are the, the selections you'd expect so yeah I was pretty happy with the with the lineup. In your palatial surroundings as you were yesterday Ram as opposed to uh, behind the goal in the park lane in your usual spot uh, enjoying the uh, vegan options. Vegan options available at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, by the way. Don't forget. Um, you, you, you were telling us before we started recording, you had a, a slight pang of regret. I mean, not about the team selection, but in general. But so team selection, and then do share that regret before we carry on. Well, I just think it's the one game I miss, and it had to be a comfortable, enjoyable afternoon. Bar drift, you know, we drifted a bit at the end, but you know, going to Spurs. I, I, you know, I'll say this season, but really. Over the last three, you know, pre, post, post potch, going to see Spurs has been a bit tedious. So even, you know, I've said, I've said it in the group before, even our wins can be tedious. Um, and we don't, you know, with this whole not playing for a full game and things like that, you know, just playing for one half. So I, I've yearned for a day at, the, the the stadium where we can I can just go and it's comfortable and it's nice and I'm not full of anxiety, you know, and or, or bored. <laughs> and um and yeah, it was a one game I had to miss and it was just a, a very routine, you know, fairly very comfortable, um, solid performance and we didn't really look troubled at all until we tied out in the second half, you know, because we didn't make the subs and um and I thought you know today was a game where everyone everybody did their job well and I missed it. But you share the job, but we share the joy that one of, of us course. was there. 
Of, oh, of Great. course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah delighted. Yeah. I, I, I always like it. I always like because I know my, Milo takes his step down a, a, a few times a year, and I always, mm. I don't know. I, I mean, he's a, he's a very, very, very nice man. Uh, he's had a lovely the pleasure man. of meeting him, didn't we? And uh, yeah. I just always, I don't know. I, I, I must admit, I do. It's, it makes me happy to hear those days go well because yeah. you know you want your stepdad to have a good time. You know, you want him to be to like you want it to be comfortable and fun yeah. with it, good concessions and and some goals. You know, he went a long time without seeing us win in a new stadium. I think I think he might have had three three four games without a win, and then his last two we've we've both won. So I was saying to him on the way out of the stadium, "Your jinx is well and truly over now." So <laughs> yeah. excellent. Brilliant. My, bro- my brother would my brother would message me saying, "You're not taking him again, are you? We need the points at the moment." <laughs> <laughs> but this is the human. This is the this is the human spirit. You endeavoured and did the right thing over the superstitious thing, which you know maybe some of us would have c- crumbled to. Maybe we weren't I, given in in your position, but no, you did the I, right I've, thing and you've been rewarded. You've been vindicated. I, I've done what Conte has been trying to do with Son this season and play him <laughs> through a sticky patch, but it just, you know. I would say that you've porrowed him. I mean, in the end, uh, Pedro's on the winning type team and then and and your stepdad is now, uh, you know, a, a, a double win bounce, two, two in a run. So this is good. This is good stuff. We must enjoy these days. Uh, absolutely. We have to, right? And and we, so we get into how, how we... I mean, I have nothing to say about team selection. You've all said it. So, but I mean, how did how did we play? I mean, I have much, much to say about that, but I'd rather hear from you first. So um, who wants to who wants to kick that off? How did yeah, we play? I thought we played pretty well. Um, I think certainly the first first hour... Also, I thought we were, you know, very, very good. I think um, Richarlison's energy, I think, set the tempo for the team. He was, um, he was chasing everything, and you know, just you know, was um, Forrest just really, really struggled to deal with him. I thought Kane was excellent, um, Skip was excellent. Both of their passing really, really, you know, kept us ticking over and kept creating chances. I thought Porro um, continued. You know what I said last week. I think he's got better every single game, and I think you know both both games this week. That's that's continued. And I thought that you know the thing about Porro uh, on the right was it allowed uh, Richardson to play a little further in field. And you know when we were talking early on in the season when um, Richardson was coming in for Decky um, because he had I can't remember whether it was Doherty or. Um, or, or Royal, who's playing with him at that point, but both of those want to come inside, which means he's stuck outside, which he, he he's not as good at. But with a, a, a fullback who wants to hug the touchline, it allows him to come in field, and that's you know why I think he was so effective because yeah, he, it's closer he, to his natural position, isn't it? It's closer to mm. the position he favours. That's a great observation. Yeah, really and, good observation. And you know he's a goal threat there as well because if he's playing yes. within the width of the of the box, then mm. yeah, he's involved in in play there. And uh, yeah, I thought Porro had a really really strong game. Obviously, he set up the first. He was um, you know linking really well with with Richie, and I th- you know the energy of both of them down that side, I think um, was really exciting. And you know what was quite nice, I suppose, about this game is you know you. Look, we all know that Conte's time is coming to an end. I think we're all looking at the team at the moment, thinking, you know, what what's this like for the next manager? You know, what what's gonna what's going to come out of this? What's going to you know what's the next stage of Spurs? He's going like? early, Ram. He's going early. <laughs> no, this is just this <laughs> he's is just gonna start his of... orders, and he's gone. We're going to have to start again. <laughs> this is an, this is just an appetizer for the later discussion, I suppose. But, Very good. Oh, no, know, of course, um, it's inevitable. We ha- it's going to happen. But I think you know Poro. I think is going to be really exciting and. Yeah. We really, def- we definitely got glimpses of that this week. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that was probably his best game for us. Mm. And um, and he's looking more and more settled as we expected him to be. And, you know, he was a constant outlet and he was a threat on his flank. Um, and I think, you know, we, you know, we did say um, on the pod that, you know, we expect him to be first choice for the latter part of the season you know, to come in and to kind of state that claim. And I think, and I think he's, he's, pretty much there i'd still maybe play royale um against some of the bigger teams um the, the teams that have more attacking threat um just you know maybe maybe mm-hmm. initially but yeah i think i think he's you know he's kind of as we expect him to be he's a very good player and he's he's really settled in well and he's i, I think he's quite um he, he seems quite vocal and he's he's very willing mm-hmm. to kind of he, he's willing to take chances he's willing to kind of um get into the thick of it as well you know so so yeah i thought he was great um i thought skip um was fantastic and i think he's been a really bright spark in a difficult period for us um and i think he's enjoying taking the res- the responsibility of taking control of games um so you know against forest he was everywhere he did try um, against Milan and I think he was one of as as Milo said he's one of maybe two players that actually could leave that pitch holding his, his with his head held high against Milan I thought his range of passing was very solid and his anticipation helped give us a platform to burst forward so you know I think he really deserves a special mention as well I think it was interesting we talk about Porro and, and having his best game for us. I think the speed with which we intended to move the ball from the first from the first minute really helped him and really helps mm. us. It helps us. And that plays into what you're saying, uh, what you've both been saying about Oliver Skip, who, again, was a, was a dynamo yesterday. He was driving, driving. Even the short passes were quick. Mm. They weren't ponderous. Mm. Um, and look, I think it's fair to say Notts Forest were, were very willing, um, yeah, willing participants, if you will, in, in the way the game played out yesterday. But, you know, in the past, we've seen that happen, and we haven't taken advantage. Mm. And yesterday, we seemed to play with a lot more, a lot more pace and a lot more endeavour, mm. uh, which which was really, which was really impressive. And 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 unsurprisingly, we, we you know we took charge of the game because of it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? We start playing positive passes, and we're a more attractive side. And the problem this season <laughs> so often is that we've been ponderous and yeah. you know slow in build up, and then teams get oh. set in and. And it doesn't happen. You know, Skip was constantly looking for the ball. You know, if you know, from right. very very on, you got the you know the Richardson offside goal. The pass from Skip to Richardson for that was perfect yeah. and brilliant. You know, it's, and and it set the tempo. You, you're absolutely yes. right about him finding uh, finding Paro out on the wing, who you know, was always there, always available for a ball. And yeah, it just gave us it gave us options. It stretched Forest yeah. and. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about um, you know, Conte in attacking wants you know, five players, the width of the pitch, um, you know, occupying the, the, you know, those five zones. And with with Porro and Davis there, we've got that, and yeah. it, it, you know, it stretched them and it, it, it just gave us lot, you know, lots of options. One other thing is, you know, Forrest had three in midfield yesterday. We didn't notice it. You know, we talked a lot about yeah. being yeah. you know being overrun wasn't the problem at all. Mm. No, it's a, a very good point. It's funny. I mean. <clears throat> One of the rare forays in Twitter I will regularly make is to see what the legendary Steve Archibald has to say about things. Just number one, I, I have a tremendous fondness for him and and and, and adored the man and as a, as a footballer. And, and number two, he's usually pretty spot on with his observations. And uh, I'd encourage you to look back at his Twitter uh, a contribution about the game. I mean, he basically said it's and I'll paraphrase. He said it's nice to see the team like playing front foot, looking for looking for forward passes as opposed to the, the boring, turgid rubbish that they've been subject themselves and us to uh, prior 
And I mean, he, he included the players as, as perhaps being as frustrated as anyone mm. by doing that. So, I mean, I think we're all, we all saw the same thing. Even the mighty Steve Archibald saw it. Um, we, you know, we've, we've touched on uh, Ben Davies. I, th- I think he deserves maybe a little more discussion here. I mean, he was, um, he was excellent yesterday. I mean, you know, he was a major part of the first goal. If we think of, you know, him being, uh, you know, up there to, to win that ball high, high, high again and make sure it got across to Poro. I mean, he's just, at this point, he's indispensable in mm. that position. Um, I think we're under, I think we've won every game where he's played yeah. left wing. I'm pretty one. sure of that. Yeah, left wing, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, left wing back. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely, definitely. And, you know, um, Perisic's his, kind of stinking form yeah, you know, continues. Yeah, his deliveries have been better than Perisic. I mean, mm. would we ever have thought that was going to be a sentence we'd be saying? I, I think, it, you know, at the beginning of the season, if if we'd had a kind of, you know, wildcard predictions for the season and one of one of us had said that Ben Davis will end the season as first choice left wing back, you would have said they were absolutely, you know, off their head. Yeah. But yeah. he's just an, he's a very intelligent player and I think he makes effective runs going forward. And mm-hmm. like, you know, he's not, he's not pacey. But because of his intelligence, he just knows when to make those runs and yeah. he's still very solid at the back. Um, so I think, you know, he's Mr. Consistency. It's just another Mr. Consistency performance, which, he, you know, he's we're, we're quite used to from him. Yeah. And we've discussed with Charles. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was just going to say, can we just go back? Can I just go back to Skip one, one second? Please. I, um, I think you can go back to Skip whenever you want in this podcast. He should be talked about whenever we wish to, even if it's during the Conti flip bit. Yeah. I, I do wonder whether he's playing himself into being first choice alongside Benton Kerr when Benton Kerr comes mm. back. I know that I know there's a mm. long, long way to go till then. Very interesting. But I think, yeah, come the summer, if we want to bring in a creative midfielder, we're probably going to have to let some players go, you know, some midfielders go in order to create that space in the squad. I know and, where you're going. And I, and I think Hoybier might be the one to to create that space. That's not to say he's a, he's a bad player, but I think he might be at the peak of his value for us. He's, 26 wow. he's not the you know not the best on the ball at the club and i think maybe he becomes a saleable asset in, in order to help us do that rebuild and, and skip fills that space i think that the, i think the context of what you said is really important because i think it would come down to saleable assets if we're not going to invest out of our own uh, rather shallow you know pocket in that sense i agree i i think Pierre's still, for me, uh, a really, really good player. And I think he still produces some fantastic passes, actually. I think he he has a a visual that maybe makes him look slightly less uh, able than he is. Uh, But I agree with you. If if, if one of the big European clubs comes in for him and and you feel that they would because he's been sniffed at by a few. And if you could get get 40 million for him, which is wholly within the the bounds of reason, he's Danish footballer of the year, World Cup player. You know, I I don't disagree. If you're going to apply that money to get, get, say, James Madison in or something like that, yeah, I could see that. I I I think, yeah, I mean, I think the thing with his passing is he's got, I don't think he's consistent enough. And I think, yeah, if we're going to switch to... I think he's perfect for the type of play, you know, the way we've been playing under the last three managers. But if we want to hold more possession, right. we need yes. to be cuter with the ball. And he's not, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not ambitious enough. He's not consistent enough with that, um, particularly when he's tired. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, but I just want to make it clear for people listening that, you know, we're, we're, we're at, we are big fans of Pierre-Emile Hoybert on this pod and, and have been for some time. So this, this would be us putting on our business hats, I think, and looking at it very uh, pragmatically, I believe. Would be the I'd sell everyone, Steph. Also- so I'd still ever, sell everyone. I've got no loyalty whatsoever. 
So but, yeah. Oliver but, Skip, but, yeah, how much? What are you what are you offering me? <laughs> but it is interesting as well. Skip is a as a homegrown player versus Pierre isn't. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of advantages uh, if someone wants to waive forty million for us. Uh, yeah, get in touch with gaming is about is about glory uh we might be the new directors of football for a couple of months anyway and we'll try and help broker that deal but yeah no good point about skippy and i think there's going to be several more made about him before the pod's over um you're going to ask about richarlison i was yes uh i and, and i and i am i am going to ask about him even though we've talked about him. yes the finger is up the finger is up i see ram's finger is up it's the right finger not the middle finger so fire away mate i just want to read you again what I wrote in the um, in our pod <laughs> chat after the Milan game. Richarlison also lost me tonight. £60 million for a forward player who doesn't score and is much more interested in shithousing at every given opportunity and wasting our own time. Is he any more effective than Vincent Janssen was? And I'm glad on the night no one indulged me in my little knee jerk there. Um, I-, I confess but- <laughs> I actually completely missed that because I was too busy <laughs> whinging about something else. I must have. I would have bitten for that if you compared yeah. <laughs> Charleston to Jansen. I definitely have said calm down. But, but I think yeah. knowing you were at the stadium that night, I think I'm always a little more circumspect yeah, anyway. Yeah. I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll talk about him, his performance more in the in the Milan chat. But like, you know, like any good pigeon, he found his way back home to me with this performance, and oh, that's good. you know. He was everything we know he can contribute to the team. So he was really unlucky with the offside goal. He was a constant threat. I think he really had a point to prove. And, you know, fair play to Conte, actually, because I think he could have omitted him from the squad after, you know, their comments back and forth. But he chose to start him, you know, and... and um and yeah, I thought I thought he was yeah, I thought he was one of our star players yesterday. Yeah, the, the, I think the, I have to say I thought your point, Milo, uh, uh, about Porro's positioning uh, in relation mm. to Richarlison's effectiveness yesterday was was excellent mm. and 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 a very very important ingredient as to why he probably did have his best Premier League performance for us this season. There was a meme going around on Twitter today um, of the VAR um, control room for the offside goal where someone had uh, cut and pasted uh, Conte's face onto the, the, the VAR ref so, <laughs> so, for the disallowed goal. So, uh, it's a bloody good thing I don't make memes about VAR control rooms. But anyway, uh, that's a good one. That I like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is the Richarlison I think we've all expected to see. But as we've all agreed, this guy, I mean, I mean well, look, Conte uh, accurately summed up his Spurs career so far, uh, albeit um, I thought rather um, aggressively and, and, and negatively. But I mean, the bottom line is the guy has not had a chance to play in, in a position where he can benefit. Conte and he was did qu- yesterday. Conte was questioning Richarlison, so it wasn't Conte saying that. It was Richarlison saying that after the Milan game. And right, Conte, but then Conte, but Conte, then Conte was him. turning around and saying he's right. He ha- it, 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 he has it has been a shit season. And he basically turned around and was like saying he's been shit and, you know, he's yeah. been injured. He said he actually then went into his injury record. He broke his injury record down in one of his press conferences and but said, you know, he I, had a bad injury. And then he had another one after the World Cup and then he had to recuperate, basically trying to, you know, uh, I, I think cover his own backside in in a sense. But I mean, the point is Richarlison has, it's been very unfortunate for him. And, you know, I think yesterday was another prime example of the fact he's very effective for us even if he's not scoring when he's playing, you know, in, in a position where he can do something. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the bit that Conte missed was um, Richardson's criticism of Conte and how he's been handled. And I think Conte's squad management this season has been abysmal. Oh, he's, 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 he's straining at the bit. <laughs> 
Go on. It's, it's been abysmal. And the reason why I think Richarlison has struggled a bit is because of how he's been handled by the manager. You know, he hasn't had a consistent run in the side. He hasn't had a consistent run in a position. And, um, you know, I think anyone who's new at a club who's not getting consistent minutes is going to struggle. You know, we've seen, and we've seen the same with, um, you know, Basuma. We've seen the same with Brian Hill. We've seen the same with Saar and Skip until very recently. You know, we saw the same with Brian Hill. I think, you know, with, you know Dan Juma, you know, just barely got a look in and you know despite scoring on his debut you know I just think he's he just doesn't make good use of the squad and I think you know the whole team has suffered from that but also the form of all of our new signings I I might be over reading into this I mean never let it be said that I've uh, done that before Uh, but when uh, when Conte made the comment when he was breaking down Richarlison's injury record he did make this very cryptic comment about you know well and then he got injured you know uh, in early in the season and then you know there was the World Cup and he didn't want to be injured going into the World Cup so he recovered going in it almost felt like he was throwing him under the bus a little bit there saying well you know he he took a seat for a little while there because he put the put club before uh, country before club i don't know i feel their relationship as you said has has not been has not been particularly positive or best handled um I, I might be misinterpreting that, but it did seem a little a little spiteful. But Richarlison answered him in the best possible way. Really, really effective contributions. Won the penalty. You said, uh, Milo, you saw something which most of us didn't see on television, but thought might have happened if, uh, when the penalty was given. When he won the penalty, I, yeah, I think mm. he was trying to tell Kane that, Rich, that he ought to be taking the penalty, um, which <laughs> I, Kane didn't seem particularly interested in. Um, you know, he might have said something similar to Conte's been saying to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I, I think again, you know, Richardson, you know, a bit like Poro, um, you know, he's full of drive and um, you know, kind of agra- aggression and, and confidence, and you know, all of those things are, the, are things that the teams missed a lot this season. So, uh, you know, I think um, for you know, for Sun's goal, for instance, you know, the way he, um, you know, he lost the ball, fought, got it back. Um, you know, put that put the cross in for Sun to you know, to to um, you know, find his feet and, and slot it away. But it's it, you know it's almost you know, the, the the cross was good, but probably or the pass was good, but probably more impressive is actually losing it, fighting, getting it back, and he just did that all game. He never gave up. He was always you know it, fighting for the it, ball and and pushing. It was for the it. perfect perfect sort of game for him and you it's interesting you bring that up about him and Porro because I mean him Porro Skip we've already called out and I think by proxy it then infects Kane I think it then yeah. infects Son we have players who want to play that kind of football Romero, Romero. Yeah. yeah I mean we want that we've got so effectively essentially we're looking at uh, you know many players who want to play this kind of football they, they they thrive better doing it so then we scratch our heads and we'll be talking about Wednesday a little later um <laughs> Uh, so uh, the substitutions, uh, you know, we, we've broached the Dan Juma subject. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much speculation we can have on it because it just seems like such an aberration. It seems so weird uh, and so completely uh, uh, nonsensical. I mean, it, it, can we make any sense of it other than the fact the manager doesn't fancy him? I don't no. think it's personal. I think it's just down to that seniority thing again. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a pecking order there. Um and I think also with Conte, I think we're probably at the stage where he's trying to score petty points and prove uh, <laughs> prove himself and also kind of, you know, um, line his excuses up, um, you know, to, to 
to so he can get into his next job and you know we've been there before with managers i thought in terms of kind of broader in terms of the subs i, I think it was really disappointing that we left them so late i thought the team noticeably um lagged um after the third goal went in yeah. and tired um you know we We've spoken a lot about the kind of conditioning of the players over the last few weeks and you know how we struggle with two games a week. Um and I think you know when you've got a three goal cushion against a team that's only scored three goals away from home all season, you ought to feel pretty comfortable uh, making those changes. And I, I thought it was a perfect opportunity. Mm. You know, firstly to rest senior players who've who've uh, you know played a lot of time. You know, I would have been bringing Hoybier off at that point. I would, probably would have been trying to rest Kane, Kane at that point, although he wouldn't have been very happy coming off when he's got <laughs> when he's on a hat trick. Um yeah, you know, Ben Davis has played a lot. Yeah, you know, those are players that we could have rested. And I th- also think, you know, it kind of ties in with this, you know, squad management issue with with Conte where he hasn't made best use of the squad. But if yeah, you know, we want competition for places, which is normally what a manager wants, then you've got to give players minutes in order to show what they can do and and you know and push for a place. And that's kind of what we saw from Porro on Wednesday night, isn't it? He, he came on for Ryle, pushed for a place, started and you know and earned earned that place. And you'd expect him to start against Southampton now. And you know maybe you know Saar, if he was coming on and getting minutes, you know we might need him at some point this season. Him being Matt Sharp and and you know, ready would be useful. You know, Dan Juma, we've we've barely seen him. Yeah, you know, what can he well, do? And, I mean, Saar, and so on and so on. I mean, with Saar, wouldn't it be nice to actually have the club's interests at heart and think, well, mm-hmm. you know, we have an opportunity to further develop him here yep. for, for twenty minutes in a safe yeah. situation. Do yep. something for the fucking club for once, as opposed to for whatever a twisted uh, agenda you have as to how to run. Yeah. For, I, 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 I'm going early now, but, but I'm I'm, I'm going to just check this little box. We'll get to it later mm. uh, with him. But yes, Ram. <laughs> No, no. I mean, uh, to to be honest, that's kind of a uh, maybe it is a chat for later. But you know, like I, I thought, even even Jose like um, uh, brought in youngsters. I mean, he, he made God, sure we're we, at that point he, of the, of he the made, pod. We're praising he, Jose over him. But oh, he I made know. sure we knew about it. <laughs> but but he even he sort of well, put, played our youngsters and stuff did. like that. You yeah, know? He, and, he he was very yeah. prone to bringing on a player in the ninety second minute just so he could you know, yeah, so he could claim true, their yeah, debut. Yeah, you know, he's got yeah. their debut under. <laughs> Um, but we, you know, we've got five subs now we can use. So yeah. what we should we should use them. You know, it's a we've got that kind of depth where we can bring on five substitutes in a situation like that and not lose really lose any impetus. I mean, well, especially so, in that yeah. situation where we nearly yeah. ended up slipping. We ne- nearly ended up. I mean, if it wasn't for for you know Fraser uh, making a, a penalty save, which we have to we have to give him a big props. Mm. There it was a, it was a good save. It wasn't the best penalty, but it doesn't matter. You save yeah. a penalty. Save you're, from. You're, Save from Morio's header. Save from Morio's header was excellent as well. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not actually. Let's talk. Let's say. I mean, it was nice. I mean, I felt really sorry for him. He didn't get the clean sheet because I felt he deserved yeah. it. His handling was much better yesterday. Wasn't bad against AC Milan either. He was pretty solid I was, there. I I was going to save this for uh, one positive, one negative. But oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I've, so no, I've I've, gone early. I, I, I think he was excellent. I think. Um, his footwork, his use of the ball at the feet, has been a real plus for the side since he came in. Uh, he's you know, very comfortable receiving it under pressure and passing passing out, which is something that Hugo can't do. Um, he would keep his place for me when Hugo's fit again. Oh, I like it. I like it. Why not? I, no, I mean, no, no. Again, I'm, I'm, if we're looking yeah. forward, I mean, if we're looking forward, I think I think these are the things that, I, and we won't I, get into what we talked about off pod because that's going to come up later I, in the season. But I, there are yeah, changes that need to be made. 
I think Hugo's better at some things. Um, whether he still is or not, I think he's open to question because he's had a very wobbly season. Mm. But I think um, Forster, I think, has grown into it as you know, as, as, he's, as he's got, he's had more games than once he's you know match fit yeah. and um, you know match sharp. Yeah. He's, he's looked a lot better. But I just think in terms of you know his use of the ball is so much better than Hugo's, which I think is really important to the side. Um, and we don't inv- invite pressure quite so much. Yeah, when we're playing, when we're playing across the back and trying to invite teams on with him there, so for for that and that alone, um, I, I, yeah, I'd stick with him. Can anyone remember uh, Christian leaving his mark on a Forest player yesterday? I think yesterday might have been the first game he's played all season where he hasn't had uh, left what I would call an old-fashioned reducer on someone. I think it was no. a reducer, no. Romero reducer-free game, wasn't I, it? I th- I think he might have had a is it skip on wood. I think Hoybier got in on Wood as well, didn't they? I think because yeah. Wood came on and went off. Um, yes. I think both of them had a, a nibble at him. Mm. But, but it was a Romero, uh, yeah, Romero, I mean, to be, Romero no. To, yeah. to be fair, they didn't pose much of a threat. No, no. And, and, and we are going to talk briefly about Nottingham Forest. I think uh, between the three of us, there's a little bit of a fondness for Forest as a football club anyway. So, um, you know, what do we think of them and, and what do we think of their hopes of, of avoiding the drop this season? Um, I mean, they were awful yesterday. Yeah. Um, the, um, I think you were trying to talk up Steve Cooper as a potential next Spurs manager during the week, Steph, and I think he failed the audition. So it's a, it's a no from me. Um, they were vanilla. There was nothing about them that, and really they just played straight into our hands. Yeah, they're just, it's just kind of, yeah, they just played football. There was no discernible plan. There was no, you know, again, if we compare this to the Wolves game, which I think, you know, there were a lot of similarities in that we played really well for 60 minutes and tired a bit. And, you know, this game, we took our chances. We didn't against Wolves. Um, but against Wolves, they, they changed things up. When it wasn't working, they changed them up. Cooper, um, you know, made subs at half time, but there wasn't really much of a shift in how they approached the game. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just picking his best eleven players, putting them out there, and you know, you play in this formation, get get going. It just didn't. There was nothing. Nothing. I, I wish they played like this when you and I went up to the <laughs> city ground, <laughs> But no. Well, they're, they're, conversely, yeah. I wish we'd played like that when we went up yeah. to the city ground. I mean, it's the, yeah, it goes fair. both ways, but yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Well, the last five now, I think, is loss, draw, loss, draw, loss. So they're they're definitely in, in, you know, definitely in, yeah, yeah, consistently bad at the moment, form wise, you know, and uh, so they're they're definitely in the conversation. I mean, a lot of teams are in the conversation for relegation, but I think their 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 form is perilous. There's five points separating twelfth and twentieth. So Mad. from Palace on twenty seven down to Southampton on twenty two, um, yeah, Forest on twenty six. But yeah, you know, so so anyone from Palace, Wolves, Forest, Everton, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, Leeds, and Southampton could go down, and God. you know, t- t- two wins, and you'd you'd leapfrogging the rest of them. So yeah. um, there's something. I mean, about if I get Forest. if I get if I get a choice out of these, I think I'm going to go Leeds, West Ham. And Leicester is who I'd like to get relegated out of those, given yeah, the choice. That, that's that's a, that's a strong three. Yeah, I, I don't want Leeds to go down. I think Leeds are a Premiership club. Yeah. Sorry, don't agree. I'm not having that. But uh, but I uh, West Ham obviously uh, for obvious reasons, and and Leicester just because that I I despise Leicester. So I would agree with that. But I think I think Forest will avoid the drop. I don't, I don't I don't judge them on yesterday's game. I think yesterday was a non-starter, and I thought they were they were 
really, really very, very obliging for us, I will say. And mm. you could see the golfing class. But they, they have pulled out some pretty good performances this season. There's something They're just highly unpredictable, aren't they? You just never really know what you're going to get. Although, as you've just pointed out, they have been consistently shite for about a month. So for, in order for my hypothesis to come true, they'd better, they better find some of those big performances soon. For the record, I did float that Steve Cooper might be an interesting selection. I did not say I wanted him to be the next manager of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Uh, that, that, that hallowed chair would be held, of course, by Maurizio Pochettino. Uh, I would like a gamble on Gallardo. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people beside But Steve Cooper, you know, I thought might be an interesting punt. But yes, it would be a punt in the wrong direction. Uh, I, I gladly, uh, gladly take that one on the chin after yesterday's uh, uh, wow. pretty flat performance. I, so I, 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 you changing your Twitter handle from Cooper for Spurs during the week and then swiftly changing it back again <laughs> after, after the game. You know, I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. I'd have to look at that. But now <laughs> now I might actually change it to Cooper for Spurs just for the fun of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am actually looking at Twitter a little more than usual. It's disturbing. I, I must stop. <laughs> no, I find myself, I found myself nearly getting into some argument with, with an idiotic homophobe over the, uh, 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 over, you know, some of the stuff that's been go- going on with the club recently. And you just, you realise you're talking to someone. Who's that idiot who got that uh, horrible piece of shit who got locked up in uh, eastern europe who's that guy he's an, a, a, an abuser a homophobe mm. i mean he's a social oh, um, media guy uh, andrew tate there we go well it was like yeah. it was like exchanging with andrew tate and i finally realized yeah. what am i doing this person doesn't deserve oxygen yeah. let alone my interaction so yeah. so i am learning my i am learning about about twitter slowly but surely and i actually blocked nigel farage the other day because i was reading some other rubbish he wrote about gary lineker and i just was about to respond and i'm like why why would i respond to this and then i remembered uh milo your words you can tailor twitter to your tastes so i thought i can block him and i never have to be aggravated by him again Anyway, mm. I digressed. So let's bring it back to closing thoughts. One positive and one negative. Uh, three, two, one, Milo. Uh, well, my positive was um, Forster's game. Uh, negative, late subs. Yeah, I haven't got much to offer on this this week, I'm afraid, guys. Yeah, that's fine. I'll start with the negative, um, not keeping a clean sheet. Um, positive, uh, an impressive performance after a turbulent week. I think a loss yesterday and we would have been in mm-hmm. a lot of trouble and in, in a bit of free fall. So, uh, yeah, it's good, good response. My positive was seeing the team play front foot with, with, with pace and like passing quicker, moving quicker. It was a, 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 nice to see a, a little bit more dynamism around the, the side. My negative is, uh, is, is my good friend, uh, uh here on the game about glory missing the game uh, given that we did as you said earlier traipse up to the city ground midweek in uh, in a cold november to watch one of the shittiest performances of the season albeit we had a great game how dare you get cheated of of such a comfortable afternoon ram i, I, I that's a huge <laughs> negative for me oh. i'm so sorry <laughs> i i do think that now we're down to one game a week we might see a bit more of that and we yeah we have got yeah. yeah, bar four possibly difficult fixtures, we've got a pretty soft run in. Um, so I think yeah. finishing, yeah, Liverpool's bad, yeah, losing yesterday. I think we're you know we're in a good position to um, to finish fourth. Uh, we've got you know we know we play better when we when we've got one game a week, uh, soft fixtures, and actually you know saying to you guys earlier on with um, with Man United not playing next weekend, if we beat Southampton, we go into the international break in third. 
which is crazy considering it's crazy good know, lord the, the, season's the, been. The, the, the cup of optimism runneth over as we conclude <laughs> our look at nottingham forest so what I, better a way to stunt it and to stop it overflowing than to look back at the uh drudgery that was uh, uh the champions league last 16 uh draw against ac milan four games against ac milan one goal between these two magnificent clubs um probably we would have to say one of the stalest uh, and and most flat Champions League games we've seen for some time. It it, it made some of the Europa League uh, campaign seem positively scintillating compared to it. And then when you take into account what was at stake, I mean, we're all, I mean, what, you know, what the bloody hell is going on? So I suppose we'll start with team selection and, and how we played. And I think it's worth, I think we should get into it. Uh, Milo, kick us off. So in terms of selection, um, Romero, Longley and Davis in defence because um, Dyer was out, was suspended from this game. Uh, Royal Skip, Hoybier and Perisic in you know, across the middle. I think you know, Perisic has been in you know, poor form, but I suppose he had to start with Davis having to drop back into defence because Dyer's out. Um, I thought Royal was an overly defensive selection considering what was going on in this game. And, you know, I think he's, you know, he's a useful player, but this probably wasn't the game I would have picked him in. Um, Decky, Kane and Son, you know, it's our first choice front three, but they didn't look like it in this game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it was, I, I think, not so much the selection, but I think it's how we approached the game where we, it was one of those games where we looked scared to make a mistake. Um, I think Conte sent them out not to lose. And um, I just think it kind of this, this mismatch between the manager and the, and the club and the fans, because if we'd gone out and got a goal early on, the place would have been rocking. And, and I think, you know, it would, I think we would have momentum with us and we completely seeded momentum and, and then the doubts creep in and they, they come from the fans and the players and it comes a bit of a circle, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I'm going to ask before you get into it, Ram, because you were there, um, uh, you know, give, give us a little bit of a preview as to how it felt going into the stadium. I mean, we, we were off the back of uh, two very poor results going in. Um, this was our last chance of silverware, the, uh, the you know, <laughs> the fated silverware. Um, you've obviously enjoyed um, some uh, vegan uh, delicacies and, uh, you know, feeling sustained and, 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 and I, I suppose optimistic. Bring, give us a little bit about how it felt in the ground and and then how it started to feel as the game as the game you know was kicking into that first yeah through that first phase i uh the, the atmosphere was really good going into the stadium and i was um i know there'd been like chat on twitter of people trying to sell their tickets apparently after the last game but it it was a full hat it looked like a full house and um and there was a there was a lot of positivity in the stands and um you know, considering the week that we'd had previously, like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was good. And when the game started, you know, we were, everyone was in fine voice. Um, but very, very quickly, it went flat, as it, as it has done this season. I think that the play basically nullified our any any atmosphere that we had, that we, you know, that we'd been creating at the start of the game. Um, and just going back to the team selection, I, I just want to say, I think I would have been tempted to play Sanchez in the middle and keep Davis at, at left wing back um, just because just he's been so good there and, and Perisic has been poor. Um, and I was happy with the rest of the team, but I could appreciate an argument for Porro over Royale because we need, you know, we did need a goal. But I think if we had started, as you know, as, as you, you, you chaps mentioned, if we had started on the front foot, 
and got an early goal. I think I actually think this is a poor Milan side, and I think we could have overrun them, um, and I think we could have closed the game out by the, by the fiftieth or sixtieth minute, as we did with Forest. I, I really do believe that. Um, but instead, we were uninspiring. We lacked any urgency or energy. Um, I think we made a very ordinary, ordinary Milan team look very, you know, very comfortable on our home turf, which is unacceptable. And I think if the roles were, were reversed, we would have faced a barrage at San Siro, um, uh, as it should be with the team at playing. At at home, you know, a, a semi-decent team playing at home with only only needing one goal to level the tie. Um, so it was just it was just a tepid, uninspiring performance. And unfortunately, uh, we in in the stands, it the atmosphere became flat, and then it it did start becoming. I don't I don't actually want to use the word toxic. I think it was just frustration and anger um, at what we were seeing. Why do we think? that this side played that game with so little energy. I mean, you know, are we looking at schedule? Are we looking at selection? Are we looking at the manager? I mean, obviously it's a combination of all, but can we apportion blame in any, uh, you know, more in one direction than another? I mean, I think that Conte sent them out not to lose. I think Mm. he was worried about committing too many players forward and Milan catching us on the break. Um, And I think... You know, when you send their team out to do that, I think it's quite difficult, firstly, to kind of change the tempo and start you know, being more aggressive. Um, but also it sends a message, doesn't it, to those players? I think you know, we've talked a lot about the team playing with fear um, or mm. you know, being worried about making a mistake. And I think if you, send, you know, set them out not to make a mistake, it kind of reinforces that. But I also think the defense, the, you know, the, the selection, you know, I think was quite defensive, you know, particularly, I think, Royal starting. Um, and then there's too many players in there who are off form, you know, Decky looks like he's carrying an injury. Injury. Mm. Perisic has uh, been poor for a long time, um, and yeah. So I just, I think it, you know, it is a combination of, of those. But I'd, I'd point the finger at Conte primarily because he picks picks the team. And you know, I think what you could say is at least you know, at least he did make the change with bringing in Porro uh, early. And you know, Porro and Skip are the only two players I think who um, played well. Mm. And I think I think by default because. Uh, they didn't score. I think Forster had yeah. a you know no, yeah. had a decent game as yeah. well. You know, and uh, I think and I, you're right, Milo. I think you know the players lack uh, not just this game, but when we do have performances like this, which we have had this season, the pe- the players lack any. Feels like they lack any creative freedom, and they're second guessing their next moves, and it leads to disjointed play, and it translates as a lack of energy or urgency. When actually, I think it's just fear based playing, mm-hmm. and that's on the manager. It is on the manager, but <clears throat> and and believe you me, I've got some things to say about him in the next section of the, uh, of our chat here. But playing devil's advocate for a moment, he did set us up not not to concede a goal, and we didn't concede a goal. Uh, so you're looking, you're looking at your first, you're looking at, <laughs> but you're looking at your first elite. Yeah, you're looking at your, you know, first three forwards, right? You're, you, this is our top forward selection. I mean, can we, can we like look at some of those players individually and maybe say, could you have done a little more here? Could you have driven a little more? I mean, could Harry have shown a little more personality in that first half? Is he knackered? Is he overplayed? I mean, it, it, it seemed that just seemed very flat. Or are we once again uh, uh, somewhat agreeing? I mean, look, truth be told, I agree. I think that the way you're sent out to play a game of football is is vitally uh, influential in how you play it, regardless of your talent. But do we expect more from Harry on nights like this? 
I think it's interesting with Harry because I think on nights like this, he can look very languid and very, um, I don't want to say disinterested, but like, you know, he's not getting involved with the game and then it feeds that that thing of like, oh, well, he doesn't do it on the, you know, on the big right. occasion and stuff like that. However, when you actually look at, I, I'd be interested to see a heat map of his mm. because it ultimately he's, he's almost playing like a, he's playing like halfway into our own half a lot of the time because he's trying to get involved and he's trying to get others into the game. Uh, you know, and we all know how good he is with that kind of getting his um getting the ball with his back to goal um in those areas and then being able to just kind of lose his man and and play a beautiful pass um to, to you know to someone running on but he was try he was trying to do that but he's not a presser so yeah. when when you know if you had like Decky who was a trigger or if Sonny's the trigger Kane kind of comes in behind them but he's not like he looks languid <laughs> so why were the triggers but, not working that night do we think again do we think it was caution first let's make sure that we keep things tight and then attack and then go on the break or was it you know increasingly about fear and increasingly about not making a mistake that's what I saw in the stadium I thought you know when there was a trigger going forward I didn't feel like it was you know we were coming forward as a team Um, but obviously you guys might have been able to you know see it better on on screen yeah I mean I I think Conte was was hoping to control the game and play on the break Um, and it just didn't work I mean I think you know, in terms of Kane, Kane's game, I thought the Milan defence played very well. I thought Tamori was excellent, mm-hmm. and um, you know, over the over the two legs, I'd say you know Hernandez, um, their left wing back, I thought it was superb over both legs, excellent. and really, mm-hmm. really, really gave us a hard time. Excellent um, player, yeah, and just and so much drive, team. so much drive mm-hmm. and energy in both games. And yeah, I think we, we you know we struggled with that. Um, Leal, so what is he won three fouls in the opening twenty minutes. So one three free free kicks. I just think they were just a lot more positive than us. And I do I do think it's very difficult to to switch it up. And you know, the the closest we came to that really was say it was Poro coming on who was very, very lively and, and looked yeah. to do things. And um yeah, it's just it- poor really poor it's interesting because we talk about preparation and you know we we're, again we're going to get into you know what he needs to prepare for a game and so on and so forth and i'm trying to imagine what the preparation for this game must have been like for the players because you know essentially you know the boss is coming back having not been around for a few weeks two days before the uh you know you, you see him in training maybe for, for the first time two days before you know that this this really important game and and who knows what he's coming in with he might be coming in with you know extra extra macho energy to show that he's like absolutely ready and like you know extra you know fear inducing <laughs> instructions i mean i've got to say i i i my overriding feeling watching the players uh, was i actually felt extremely sorry for them and i felt uh, that they did well to actually hang in and not completely capitulate i mean let's not forget you know in the 94th minute we nearly got the hail mary nine times out of ten i think you know that's a goal i mean i think harry did well with the chance but the Mm. keeper did really well with the save but you know i'd say yeah he'd want that back wouldn't he so Mm. yeah i i found that are we are we agreeing that we maybe find the players relatively blameless for this this list performance or no they're all shit of course they're not of course (laughs) of course not it was awful and you know, I think you can set, be set up badly, but I mean, I expect more. You know, Kane's a senior player, Hoybier's a senior yeah. player, yeah. all the way through that team. You know, they ought to have more gumption, yeah. and yes, you know, that. they ought to be able to ought to be able to control a game and react to the situation they're in. And they 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 can't. We've seen it time and time again this season, where we've had these kind of passive halves, and they're not able to to correct it themselves. So no, I don't. I, no, of course they don't get a pass. 
Um, I agree. I mean, you talk about Hernandez and you talked about his intent and you talked about his energy and uh, and, and his well, verve well, and drive. And I, we, we had nothing like that at no, all. Or, or compare it to the way we approached the, uh, the Forest game. Now, obviously, you know, there's a golfing quality between AC Milan and, and Nottingham Forest, but, you know, we showed intent. And I think most yes. of our, I think most of our fans would, you know, accept getting knocked out of the Champions League if we, if we, we try. We at least give it a go. We play, you know, yes. we play on, we play on the front foot and attack and, and try to do something. But our best chance came in the 94th fucking minute and we did yep. virtually yeah. nothing before no. that. Well and, said. And, you know, if we get at them and, yeah, I just, I mean, obviously we didn't make it, you know, we didn't help ourselves and, you know, going down to 10 men and what have you. But just, you know, passive and, you know, actually, you know, when we talk about the manager sending a message and I know we've got a question around here about, you know, on here about Sanchez coming off for, for Decky, but that well, sends we're getting, a, we're get, go to that, it right now. That, go to sends it right a, now. that sends a message. Yes. Yeah. You know, if yes, you're bringing, does. you know, you you need a goal. You need a goal. You've got minutes left of a game and you're taking off a forward and bringing on a defender. That sends a message. Mm. Oh, I agree. I, I agree 100%. And just uh, to clarify for people, what we are now talking about is when uh, Davidson Sanchez came on for uh, Dejan Kulusevski in a game that uh, Spurs needed to score to stay in the tie with, uh, I think it was about 20 minutes left. I think it's also important that we, we qualify uh, Conte's uh, excuse for making, or sorry, <clears throat> Conte's reason for making uh, that substitution. I'm going to paraphrase him. He basically said that with, uh, you know, looking ahead into extra time, you wanted to make sure that you, you, were, you were stable and were keeping, you know, some sort of shape and that you had a defender on the pitch. I don't think anybody uh, uh, mentioned to Antonio that we didn't actually have a goal at that point and that we mm. weren't level and surely in order to get to extra time you have to score first <laughs> it was i mean what a ludicrous right and, we agree this is a ludicrous attempt to yeah. justify a weird substitution and it would make sense if sanchez went into the back most of the time on the edge of milan's penalty area so <laughs> playing as a kind of proxy forward i think you know i think conte tried to say that poro was going to take decky's place and um so it was Porro for Decky, really, but it's bollocks. And you know, Hoy, it is Hoy, bollocks. Yeah. Hoy, Hoybier could have filled in at the back. I, you know, if we'd got the goal and it had gone to extra time, then of course you bring on another defender because you can't play thirty minutes like that. But while you while, while you need a goal, and, and realistically, he would have played for penalties at that point, wouldn't he? But we, you know, we, we you know, while you need a goal, bringing bringing Sanchez on, who let's face it, again isn't particularly good at build up play. I mean, you, you can bounce mm. a ball off him, but that's. Can, that's yeah. kind of it and yeah Bless just... you don't look to davis sanchez to create chances no yeah. no you're, yeah. you're happy if he gets off the pitch as part of a clean sheet and that, with that, respect yeah to him. yeah that that was the final nail in the conte coffin for me and i yeah. think for a lot of people in the stadium oh, like they they, they were we were fuming you know and it was it was audible and visible and you know and what message does that send out to the opposition as well <laughs> you know you, you, you were like, yeah. right we're, we're really we're really going for you now sends on a central when, defender when, you know <laughs> when because i mean obviously he had sanchez stripped and ready to come on while romero was down after the challenge and when the ref was standing over there with the yellow card and the red card i'd assumed that the ref was a spurs fan and was going to book, give conte a second yellow and send him off for bringing on sanchez at that point but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i mean it was it, it, again i mean I, I think that as you said ram uh you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go out go out with some intent i mean just yeah. give it get, like go for it I mean, sometimes yeah. football is as simple as just 
just going for it. And as you said, Milo, in Hoybier, you have a player who can drop in as an emergency defender if, if you need that to happen in that situation. And I think we'd all rather have seen the punt. I mean, you know, I'd rather have lost that game, you know, 4-2 than, mm-hmm. than, than in extra time than dribble out of it nil-nil with this mm. absolutely fucking horrendous slow death march to nothing. And I found myself, and I wanted to ask you all both this, you know, look, all of us wanted to win. I mean, I, I was insanely babbling about trying to maybe, you know, fudge a work date so I could go to Istanbul. I mean, that's how ridiculous it got. I'm, I, you know, it's nothing new for me, I suppose. But is there a logic to saying that maybe for the long-term health or the short long-term health, if you will, of, of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, it was a good thing that Kane's last gasp header didn't go in? Would we have? Would it have prolonged the agony of a coach unable to navigate this competition, as Milo has been telling us since he, since he joined us? Not Milo, since Conti joined us. I think, um, you know, we shouldn't, we should obviously, the the party line is always to say stay in a competition as long as possible. But we're we're so far from being a Champions League team at the moment that it was probably best we took a semi-respectable 1-0 aggregate loss against, uh, you know, a, a, a fairly average Milan side rather than getting completely humiliated by a much better team in the next round. And it might be counterintuitive to be out of a competition so we can play one game a week again in order to qualify <laughs> for the same competition next season yeah, which, yeah. which means playing more than one game a week but I think Poch has already shown he's up to the task so bring it on yeah I mean that's that's the thing is they qualifying for a competition that would have a, a different manager in who might actually try and make a yeah. go of it next season um yeah. yeah I mean I think you know we weren't going to win it so you know maybe being at you know being back to one game a week is probably the best thing for our, our season but obviously I would have liked to have seen us go through and go on and play you know It'd be nice to play a big, you know, big teams and and be in those, you know, be in the competition. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I mean, I think Conte's cards marked anyway. I think it doesn't really make any difference to him. I think, you know, his future with us um, when we go out of this, I think, um, I think it was pretty clear that he was already leaving. Um, right. I mean, but uh, but 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 he did try his best afterwards to try and talk himself into get to leaving a bit earlier. And I think yeah. his comments, you know, which we'll go on to, I think, post after the game, uh, were disrespectful uh, to the club mm. and disrespectful to the fans. You know, him yeah. trying to suggest that we, you know we can only dream of beating a team like AC Milan um, was was ridiculous. Mm. And you know, we you know, we're a club that you know. Going qualifying for the Champions League is relatively still relatively new for us, you know. But our record in the Champions League is better than his. You know, he hasn't won a knockout yeah. game in this competition for for a long time, for many years. Yeah. Um, and you know, he. I think what's really great with me this last week is him trying to put himself above the club. You know, it's, it, there's been an air of we're lucky to have him, or you know. He, Talks about that a lot, but there was a lot of that in the in the aftermath of this game. And you know, frankly, you can fuck off, gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen, we have finally arrived at that moment. We're not going to do one positive, one negative of AC Milan. There's just an absolutely no point. There's no point controlling ourselves any further. We are at the Antonio Conti segment. Milo has already gone, got gone, gone in, um, and 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 you know, led led the charge. I think a charge that we'll all take. Uh, just to for anyone who doesn't. Um, you know, know quite what we're, we're doing here in talking about Antonio Conte. Let me give you a sum up. You know, having Antonio having ignored the doctors and returned to the pitch side too soon, he was on the touchline against AC Milan with plenty to say for himself before the game. Um, and it was clear, I think, to all but ostriches in, 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 the, in the Tottenham Hotspur world uh, that our journey 
with Conti is approaching a conclusion. Uh, and, and, and that's what we're doing here. We're going to discuss the whys and wherefores uh, in the situations that currently exist in real time. Um, you know, we will probably, uh, as we have done actually already in this pod two or three times, uh, you know, eulogize Milo again because he did comfortably tell us it would all end with Antonio spitting bitter feathers and engaging in the art of deflection. On, uh, and that was on the day that we appointed Antonio. So we maybe shouldn't be too surprised. I uh, Look, I, I'll, I'll tell you... I. Being an optimist, I was a little surprised. I always like to think things can change uh, and I always like to think people can change and I always like to think our club is so magical that, you know, the best case scenario will happen. Uh, and I really felt that, that that was the case at the end of last season. I make no bones about it. I felt very optimistic about him going into this season. I feel very sorry for him, uh, for the, the losses he suffered. And as we all know, uh, Ventroni, I, I, I knew was a big one for him. But since Christmas, uh, you know, Anyway, I will express that my final sentiment later. Let's get to the discussion point of this. Um, can we talk? Uh, uh, can we start with him talking about the fans having no patience, guys? Is that is that a good place for us to start? Is that okay? Um, and I'm not sure if we've got the audio queued up. There's a little bit of audio we agreed. A little bit of audio we agreed uh, was really perhaps the most central of all the egregious things that that he said. The the problem the problem uh, and for me is uh, is only one okay that uh, in every club that uh, I uh, I coached I won and the expectation are always uh, very very high I remember very well when I arrived in uh, uh, in this club and uh, the fans think okay now we have Conte he won and we are going to win <laughs> we are going to win <laughs> we are going to win but we win together. We win if we create the right situation. I can uh, teach you the way, the path to win, but you have to follow me and to have patience. I ask a time and patience, but I understood that we don't have. Maybe we have time because the, the, the club can give me time, but I'm seeing that there is no patience. There is no patience. And, uh, and uh, in, in this situation, and I repeat, and, uh, it's really, really difficult for... Uh, yeah, to, for, for, for me, it's really, really, really difficult, really difficult because, uh, yeah, my, my past maybe penalised me. We'll all take an angle on this, shall we? We'll all take a little bit of the quote. Why don't I start by saying this? I, I was, my mind was actually blown by, by the fact that Antonio is telling us that his successes and the fact that he is seen as a winner and the fact that he is actually if I may add, paid as a winner, um, mm-hmm. many, what, 17 million, 16 million a year? Some, 15 I mean, million a, a year. 15 million a year. Sorry, I gave him a 2 million pay rise. That's terrible. 15 million a year uh, on the basis of that winning history. And he is now going to claim that it has been a disadvantage when it comes to managing this club, that it has raised our expectations. Well, I mean, I'm terribly sorry if we expect a winning manager to win. I mean, <laughs> I'll, 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 that that was I mean that blew my mind. I, I, I could talk about the whole thing, but I would you know you, ch- chime in, chaps, chime in. There are other elements of that quote that were just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think accusing the fans of a lack of patience, I think, is really disrespectful. I think yeah. we're all optimistic going into the season because of the way we finished last season, and um, you know, I think you know, if you look at Conte's record, he's only really ever lasted anywhere for a couple of a couple of seasons. But because he joined us halfway through last season. I think most of us had hoped that this was kind of Conte year one this season rather than Conte year two. And it hasn't worked out like that. I think, you know, he is a manager who gets very, very 
um, immediate you know, upturn in his teams. He's very quick to get his his ideas across to a, t- a team. And I think, you know, unfortunately, Conte year one was the last 10 games of last season. And we're, you know, this year has been Conte season two meltdown. And I, I said, you know, a couple of months ago that if you look at this, it's very similar to what happened to him at Chelsea in his second season. And I think these comments we've got this last week, uh, you know, it's the first time we've really seen him speak out against the fans. It's still not really against the club, um, but that kind of, uh, kind of sourness that he's he's had at other places when he's on his way out. And yeah, I think he's just in full ass covering mode now. Um, he's great. And, you know, we're, we're lucky to have him. And um, yeah, talk himself into his next job. Yeah, you can go swivel because the fans thing really pissed me off because he's the second highest paid manager in the league. And yeah, I wouldn't say anything negative about someone that was paying me 15 million a year either. Um, But he's a supposed elite manager and he has been backed and we have sung his name and we have been behind mm-hmm. the team even when we've been playing turgid we, you know we've 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 been as patient as we can um but all we've seen is that same turgidness that was served up under Mourinho and Nuno and it's bearable when we're winning but it's just horrible when we're so inconsistent and for him to then call us out like that um I I took it really personally um especially as I you know as I you know I was like you Steph I I what I backed him to the hilt. You know, I thought this is what we're getting. We we are actually getting a current elite manager and not someone living off of past glories. And I don't think he's delivered. Yeah, I mean, I think I think kind of that born winner thing, which is kind of you often hear around some of these managers, is just ultimate bullshit. Because I think it's easy to be, um, you know, kind of natural winner when you've got the most expensive side in the league. Um, and it's tougher when you've got a little bit less to work with. And you know, that is the situation at Spurs. Um, and if he was, you know, if you're genuinely looking to build it, and you sometimes you hear people talk about, oh, you know, look what's happened at Arsenal, where they've stuck with uh, Arteta, but Arteta was committed to the to the project. Mm, yeah, he's, right. he's committed yeah. to the club. D- d- yeah. Conte, d- it has never been committed to this job. This, yeah, this is what I was going to get into, and I think we also should draw a, a, a little line here for people as well. You know, <clears throat> the board and the way the club is run is one thing, um, and and you know, there's there's no binary like the two are connected and two aren't. You know, you can disagree with some aspects of how the club is run and still find uh, fault with the way Conte has operated as a manager. I firmly, firmly believe that. So just because we're criticising Antonio Conte, it doesn't necessarily mean we're making any comment about how the board have behaved or not. But the facts are, as you said, Milo, you know, patience is a two-way thing and if you are going to be patient you tell people you want you know four or five windows and we should ex- we should understand that and so on and so forth then why the bloody hell hasn't someone been making noises about a new contract i guarantee mm. that if he really wanted to stay and, and wanted a new contract he'd have been pushing hard before the world cup uh, i I am going to. I, I'm not in the club, obviously. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to take a wild guess and say that it suited both parties to wait, and that he didn't push any harder than the club, you know, went to offer him an extension. There's been a bit of a stalemate or a standoff there. So for him to expect patience when he quite clearly, as you said, he's not committed, is an absolute fucking insult. It really is. And like both mm. of you, I found that outrageous. How dare he question fan patience in his work? <laughs> when he himself is clearly not interested in committing um uh, yeah i i was really i was infuriated 
And I think, you know, when he talks about kind of his record and what he brings, there's not one player in this team who's got better under him this season. Mm. So again, you know, I think I think everyone would be patient if they thought that we're he- you, they could see where we're heading and you could see glimmers of that. But actually, everything's gone backwards this season compared to last. And uh, you know that combined with the the um, you know, kind of, yeah the lack of commitment. You, how how can you back him? Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's a strange situation. And again, there's things happening in the upper levels of the club which I'm not particularly uh, excited about, um, like many people. But that again does not give Antonio Conte a pass at all um I'm interested I think uh, you know we could probably you know we could probably have a good old therapy session about this for another 20 minutes but <laughs> what I think I'll, I'd like to focus it in is I'd like you each to personally pinpoint one moment for you where it was all about to go wrong you know wh- when would you say that was in terms of Antonio Conte's relationship with Tottenham Hotspur his work with the club all of it when would that moment have been and I'm putting you on the spot. I'd, I'd so, like to see if there is one that you can pinpoint. So in the point where I was convinced that he should go was was in January. So I think in the first half of the season, I was prepared to give him a pass because we knew it was a you know heavily compressed season with the World Cup and everything like that. Uh, we were wondering whether um, he was trying to t- time the squad's fitness in order to hit form in the second half of the season. Um, and also, you know, that... I was interested to see whether he used that break during the World Cup in order to try and come up with a, you know, a couple of new patterns of play and you know ways to kind of play through some of the issues that we'd had because you know we had been found out to a degree. And um, I was very angry about how he started talking about his future in the lead up to the Brentford game on Boxing Day because um, I think he created instability at the club at a point when we didn't need it. And then when it was, it was pretty clear that we hadn't improved. Um, you know, as we're coming into the kind of restarted season and he hadn't fixed the problems there, kind of my patience kind of wore out and I realized that, uh, things weren't going to improve. And that's kind of how it's, how it's, um, how it's worked out. So yeah, I mean, that's the point where I changed. It was, you know, January. And I, and I think, and I, at that point, I thought we should have, um, we should have parted, parted ways then and brought in someone in January while we still had a chance to maybe sign a couple of players that could, um, um, you know, could help them. I think, you know, we're now at a point where, you know, given, particularly given this weekend's results where I think he'll see through the season and he'll leave in the, in the summer. I think that, that may well be the best, you know, the best course of action at this point. But um, yeah, January for me and I would have yeah, sacked him then. I think January for me as well. And I think, um, you know, you could kind of see that the writing was on the wall a bit. But for for me, the specific point was the North London derby at home. We couldn't even muster a whimper in that game. And Arsenal hardly had to get out of second gear. And it just how li- highlighted how far behind them we were and how far we've fallen, um, you know, with the system that we couldn't even bring, get, get ourselves going for a North London derby at home that we really needed to win, um, you know, to kind of galvanise everyone, the club, the fans, the players, <clears throat> and, and we failed miserably. And it was after that, I was just like, and I think that was mid-Jan. Mm-hmm. I think it was 15th Jan, that the, that game. And it was just like, I, I don't see a way out, uh, back from this now. It's interesting because, as as you both know about me, I'm someone who, you know, will, somewhat to my own uh, spite, you know, support someone who's drought, you know, in the shit. Uh, and mm. you know, I've I've felt very sorry for him for what he's lost mm. and so on and so forth. But there there are there are two things that have really done it for me. Specific, I mean, January is definitely the frame. Specifically, when he decided to try and 
you know, to, to defy his doctor's orders. I just thought, what sort of like deep level narcissist ignores doctor's advice after an operation to feel that they have to be there to do that? I, I don't buy that he was doing it out of a duty or a loyalty to Tottenham Hotspur because he's quite clearly shown me that he doesn't really care about the club. He cares about him and his reputation and how he looks and what he needs. He needed to be there to coach. So he put, you know, everyone in a really in unstable position, in my opinion, uh, and ignored the doctors. I mean, that 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 to me was just a huge signal. It's like, no, absolutely not. I've had enough of this. And I think, uh, Milo, you and I were discussing, it was, you know, another sort of one of these macho men things and like, mm. you know, Levy's addition to this. And, you know, the other thing that's crept into my mind, especially the way he's talking and thinking about our discussion uh, today that we've been talking about, you know, AC Milan, this man clearly doesn't understand what our football club is and he clearly doesn't understand football so so you know we whimpered as you said again the derby we whimpered against ac milan we play with caution well you know and and that look if you're top of the league you might excuse it and this seems like something i remember us saying about uh, during the jose era actually mm. it seems very similar uh so yeah i, I that but that was my moment I, I was done and i don't usually flip-flop that quickly but I was absolutely done. I've done, 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 done. And I'm done. Mm. I hope he, mm. I, I hope, look, do your job, your 15 million pound job, get this fucking side over the line into the top four. So as the next manager can possibly propel us with a style and an attitude that, that we deserve as opposed to yours. I mean, I think maybe this is just, you know, how we wrap this section up, but I think, you know, we should actually be thankful that he didn't sign a new contract because I don't believe that he's a manager. Sure, yeah. I, I don't. I don't believe he's a manager who can do a project because I think his methods. You know, the, and I've said this you know numerous times. You know, right from the very beginning when he was appointed. But I think that reliance on automations and you know, and uh, focusing training on repeating them ad nauseum is going to bore people, mm. bore players to tears, and. I think that that's got a limited shelf life and I don't believe that he can play in a different way. I don't believe he would be effective playing in a different way. And I think, you know, as a, if you, as a way of, you know, for two years, I'm sure yeah, it can be very, very effective until you get sussed out and then, you know, it's time to move on. And yeah, we're past that point now, basically. But I think what will be interesting to see is the players after that, because I think that we've got we have got some good players there, and I think when they can play with freedom and they're trusted and they're given license, it can be quite exciting to see what they can do. That is a perfect place to end uh, that section. I think um, a perfect one indeed. Uh, you know, uh, and a good conversation it was as well. Um, so you know, let's take a deep breath because Steph, we've st Steph, Steph. I, I had an analogy. Oh, go on. Because, yes. Yeah, because because you haven't done one. Go on. <laughs> it feels. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like we're in the final throes of a relationship that started with passion and fire and we both know it's about to end. So it's just self-preservation and damage limitation before its demise. And we know we shouldn't, but we can't help flirting with the sexy Argentinian ex who's never really gone away. Don't cry for me, Argentina. That, I mean, that wasn't the a truth. Is I always loved you. <laughs> that wasn't a Steph analogy, though, was it? You need it to, wasn't actually. You, I yeah. just well, halfway I'll get, through. I'll, I'll, <laughs> imagine, for, imagine for a moment you've got a world class worm farm, and <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Imagine, <laughs> imagine with Antonio Conte that you were ex that you were thinking you were buying the finest, you know, the finest Parmesan that you possibly could. <laughs> 
And it it's is. suddenly, suddenly overnight turned into this rancid gorgonzola that's beyond even the gorgonzola's shelf life. He's turned to the stinkiest gorgonzola that I could imagine. Is that a, is, is that, does that? A... That's more, that's, yeah, you've nailed it. That's more of a step, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're, but, but, but you do, you did dangle it out there though, Ram. And, and look, it, it is, we should address that because I know there's a couple of listeners actually. Someone wrote to me this week and said, Hey, if you're going to talk about Conti and you're going to talk about prospective new managers, could you please give a brief biography on the prospective names we mentioned? It would be very helpful. Uh, that's Michael Sienko, actually. Uh, so thank you for writing, by the way, Michael. But uh, we're not going to do that right now, Michael, because we do still have several games to go and uh, by hook or by crook we think we're you know he's going to stick around and, and hopefully do his job uh, for his money and get us into the top four but we will take that under advisement we will do that we will at some future point here not too far away be looking at potential candidates because we think that's where this is going and look yes absolutely you dangled potch out there <laughs> you know anyway uh Deep breath, guys, because we've still got one very, very large section to get through before this week's pod ends. It is the week that was. Oh, boy, where's the energy going to come from? Toby Alderweireld. Toby, Toby has announced his retirement from international football after 14 years and 127 caps. Good on you, Toby. Excellent. Well done, mate. And that uh, was it. the week that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll spare, spare us all a, a Toby, 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 which was one of my favourite songs. I used to love that song. Yeah. And then Yan, Yan, Yan. It was great. It was, it's, yeah. That's why we want Potch back, because it's all those yeah. good times. Oh, anyway, we had fun, I think, with this. This was, this was, really, this was a really good uh, conversation about, uh, you know, it was an ultimate light and dark week, wasn't it? We saw some great mm. football, and then we saw some utterly turgid stuff with uh, some absolutely moronic comments from our manager. Oh, well. There we go. Thank you, chaps. Cheers, Steph. Thanks, mate. Yes, we'll be back next week to talk about our game uh, on the South Coast at Southampton. Until then, if you like this pod, uh, we dropped that bit and we wouldn't do that yeah. anymore. But <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'll spare you. See you next week.